Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled Reciprocating Love. This is part two. And I believe you'll all be very excited to learn the fascinating insight that Tanya is going to, be, is going to share with us in our daily life. The previous Rebbe was imprisoned numerous times for spreading Judaism in Russia. And the harshest imprisonment happened in 1927. And at that point, unfortunately, we, we even know we have the documentation that he was at one point during that imprisonment, they sentenced him to death. Thank God through a lot of international pressure, um, they reduced the, the sentence to different different levels until finally, thank God, the previous rabbi was fully released. But the first night that he was in prison, he, sh he shares two thoughts in his diary. The first thought he shares... is you, you remember how in chapter 45 we learned about having compassion on yourself, having compassion on your soul for being inside of a serpent's skin? That was chapter 45. And he shares how being in prison that one night and the, and the suffering that he had just upon entering, imagine how much suffering is happening to our soul when it's truly captured in our body, and certainly if our body is doing something negative, as we learned in, learned in chapter 45. So it's just a thought to reflect on. Are we being a good host to our soul? It's one thought he shared. The second thought he shares is that he, had, he was sitting on a bench for a moment waiting for the next step, and he just reflected how lucky as Jewish people we are to have this innate faith in Hashem that we got from our forefathers, Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, that to believe in Hashem and know that every single step is from Hashem. Wherever we are at any time in any place in the world, Hashem is looking and watching over me at that specific moment. If Hashem watches over the movement of a little leaf flying from a tree, because there's a worm on the ground that's boiling hot and the worm needs to be covered. How much more so Hashem is watching over each and every one of us. That we're going to celebrate the redemption of the previous Rebbe from this imprisonment on the 12th of Tammuz, which is this Shabbos. So it's a, it's a special day in the Hasidic calendar. Last week, we began chapter 46, learning about the reciprocating love, how by you showing love to somebody else, it will have a natural reflection on the person that they will reflect back to you love. <laughs> and we showed how you see in this picture here, how if you have two commoners, Yankel and Shimon, how if Yankel shows love to Shimon, naturally Shimon's going to reflect love back to Yankel. That's a simple love. But then we said, imagine if a king over many countries, 
He's with his entourage, and he's in the middle of Istanbul. He's just making a visit in Istanbul. And he says, you know what? I want to see the garbage dump. I want to see every... In Istanbul, he wants to visit the garbage dump. And by the garbage dump, he sees a worker. Not only a worker, but he sees a, a Meshugana worker. The guy, as you see in this picture, he's just a mess. He's at the dump. And you know what this king says? He says, yo! Come with me in my carriage. And they go in the carriage and they go back to the palace in Moscow. And the king takes this low person and he brings him not only into the palace, but he brings him into the private residence where no one's allowed, not only into his chamber, into the private residence. And over there they kiss and they embrace. So this man who was on the garbage dump, he's going to have an incredible love for this king. King expressed such a great love to him. He's going to reflect that back to the king. And so we're holding this week, we're going to learn how exactly the exact analogy that we gave before, exactly so with how Hashem connected with us at Har Sinai. And let's just look at the pictures for a moment, and then we'll go back into time. Hashem created this heaven. That's the first picture. Beautiful, beautiful heaven and earth. Hashem created this master plan. And you know what? In this master plan, Hashem has billions and an unlimited amount of angels, as you see in the next picture. The greatest angels. The angel Michal, Gavriel, Chayos, Ifanim, angels of the greatest stature. And on a little visit to Egypt, Hashem looks at the garbage dump. He, on a little visit to this world, Hashem looks at the garbage dump of the world. What was the garbage dump of the world? Remember, Egypt was the dump. It was the lowest of low. Erebas Aretz, the nakedness of the land. So Hashem, he took a visit to, to the world, he, and he said, he goes to the lowest, he goes to Egypt, the capital of impurity. And Hashem himself, like that king, takes us with his hands. And he takes, he leads us out of Egypt. And he doesn't just take us to safety, but he gives us the Torah. And when he gives us the Torah, he doesn't only take us into his palace where the angels are. He doesn't only take us into the, a deep chamber where only the greatest minister is allowed. No, no, no. He connects with us on a level that no one else has. Through Torah study, and the actual deed, he hugs us and kisses us and connects with us in a deeper fashion than a husband and wife. Garrison, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm, I'm very excited, Rabbi. Good, 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 good. Any questions before we see this inside? No. By the way, I want to tell you any of these documents I ever show you in a class, if you email me, I'm happy to, to share it with you. Uh, as long as you know that I take full responsibility and if you don't like anything, it's my fault. Tanya is always correct. Okay, let's jump inside. You know what, actually, before we jump inside, I'm let me continue with the overview of what we're going to learn tonight. Because Tanya is then going to continue and say that this idea of how much Hashem loves us and cares about us and connects with us, we say this every time we do a mitzvah. What do we, when we say a mitzvah, how, what's the blessing we say? We say, Baruch Hashem, blessed are you Hashem, Hashem. 
Asher Kiddushano B'mitzvaisa. What does it mean, Asher Kiddushano B'mitzvaisa? Dr. Malov, what does it mean, Asher Kiddushano B'mitzvaisa? Who made us holy with his uh, commandments. Good. Who made us holy with his commandments. Now, what does the word holy mean? Anybody? This is an open question. Does it mean separate? Oh, separate. So, Dr. Malov and Gary, you jump to the second answer. Could someone else tell me what Kiddushanu means? What's a more common term almost? What do we use the word Kiddushin for? Oh, Kiddushin is... Uh... Bless, for blessing, sanctification, and blessing. Good, good sanctification. But Kiddushin is a term used to connect when a man... A man connects with the wife. The word kiddushin also means to be thrown. To be what? To, I, I highlighted it on the screen. To be thrown. Am I saying the word correctly? <laughs> to um, engage a woman. To become engaged to a woman. There's actually two stages. When you go to a wedding, there's something called kiddushin. It's the first half of the connection of a man and woman, and then you have the nisuin. But the connection of a husband and wife begins with the kiddushin. So every time we do a mitzvah, we're, we're going to learn. Remember we said that the king takes this poor, this poor and low person and he connects with him in a greater way than anyone else? Hashem connects with us like a husband and wife in the deepest connection possible. Actually, it's greater than a husband and wife. But the deepest connection we, are, we know in this world is like a husband and wife. So therefore, every time we do a mitzvah, we're saying, thank you, Hashem, for connecting with me on the deepest level. And even more, we say, Asher Kiddushanu b'mitzvah, of another explanation of the word Kiddushanu, and they're both correct, is that Hashem has separated and elevated us. Hashem, you have brought us to the highest world. And you know, this explains a very, very awkward awkward question. You know, when we talk about uh, it, it's, it's coarse, it's inappropriate to talk about um, the love of a man, uh, a man and a husband and wife to talk about the details of their love. It's very coarse and it's inappropriate. We're not talking about, God forbid, what you talk, what happens during, during a, an intimate moment. But even Shlomo Amalek, King Solomon, he has a book of Shir HaShirim, Song of Songs. And it's, in a sense, we call it the first love story. It, it's, it's a little graphic. It's a little, it's fast. It's interesting that Shlomo Amalek uses that analogy. But you know why? Because that's the only thing we know. That's the deepest connection we know is a husband to wife. And Shlomo Amalek is telling you that Whatever love a husband and wife have to one to another, the Torah is able to connect an even deeper love. Not God forbid that it should replace love of marriage. God forbid. We learn someone that doesn't marry, that they're not following the, what Hashem wants. But it's an even deeper love. So let's put this all together. We're gonna, let, and then we're going to jump in. We're going to learn how Hashem took us out from the low of low when he took us out of Egypt. And we're going to continue to say that Hashem connects with us on the deepest level, even deeper than a husband and wife. And Hashem has elevated us to the highest of high. Any questions before we jump back in? Okay, let's see it together. 
Let's start again from in a manner corresponding. We'll review a little bit from last week. In a manner corresponding in every detail to the said figure and image, but to an infinitely greater degree, has the Lord our God, God dealt with us. You remember that analogy of the king who took this man who was on the garbage dump? In an even greater way, Hashem took us out of Egypt. For his greatness is beyond comprehension, and he pervades all worlds and transcends all worlds. No matter how great the king was, Hashem is much greater. And from the Holy Zohar, as also from our master of Isaac Luria, blessed memory, it is known of the infinite multitude of a chalot and worlds. There's an infinite amount of worlds. And within each world, and the countless myriads of angels in each world in Heichal. So it's not that Hashem had a, had a house with two doors and he chose one door. We, we, don't, we can't even begin to imagine how many houses, how, not houses, Hashem only has one home in this world. But we can't even imagine how many choices Hashem had on who to marry, who to connect with. So does the Gemara note, it is written, is there any numbering of his host? On the one hand, we say we don't know how many angels there are. Yet, it is also written that a thousand thousands minister unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stand before him. So in another place, the Gemara actually gives a number, a thousand thousands or ten thousand times ten thousand. And the discrepancy, the Gemara explains, that a thousand thousands is a quote of one troop. But his troops are innumerable. The numbers we're talking about, amount of angels Hashem has, we're talking trillions. No, we're talking infinite. Yet, even though Hashem has infinite worlds and infinite angels, yet, before him, all of them are accounted as nothing at all and are nullified in their very existence. We're not saying that Mark Berkovich He's like an angel. He's a little bit better than an angel. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> we're not saying that, that Maisha Mendel, okay, you know, Maisha Mendel, you, you, you're just a kinder person. No, we're saying that the angels are nothing compared to Myra. The angels are as nothing. Gabriel, Michael, they're nothing at all compared to Morbasha. Yet before him, all of them are accounted as nothing at all and are nullified in their very existence, just as one word is truly nullified in relation to the essence and being of the articulate soul, while the utterance was still held in its faculty of thought, or in the will and desire of the heart has been explained above at length. We've learned earlier that everything in this world is completely nullified to Hashem. All of these angels, now we're going to continue and say how lucky we are. Do you know the angels? They don't even know where Hashem is. If you go to an angel, I love this. Mark, if you ask an angel, where is Hashem? What are they going to say? Upstairs. You know, they're <laughs> going to say, I don't know. We say this in davening. You know what we say? Aye mekom kivodo. Where is the place of his glory? Sorry, I, I, I apologize. The greater angels say, you know where Hashem is. I am Kivoda Male Olam. He's down the, in the world with the Jewish people. So Mark, on the contrary, the greater angels, we say in the Shema and prayer, that the greater angels, no, 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 he's on, he's on earth. He's in so, so he's all around, right? Hashem is everywhere, but where's his home? Where's his home? His home is in this world. Yes, Hashem is everywhere. But if you want to know where his home is, it's in this world. 
some of the angels, the Ophanim, they, they don't even know that Hashem is in this world. They say, I don't know. I don't know where he is. Wherever he is, he's Baruch Kivot Hashem, Mi Mikomo. The greater angels, you know the words Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh Hashem. The greater angels, well, what are we saying in that part of Tefillah? We're saying the greater angels tell us, Holy, 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 Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh Hashem, Tzavakos, Melo, Chal Ha'aretz Kivodo. You want to know where Hashem is? He's Melo, Chal Ha'aretz. He fills the world with his glory. But the lower angels, they don't even know. They just said, Baruch Kivod Hashem Mimikomo. From his place, wherever he is, he should be blessed. What about the Christian angels? Say it again. What about the Christian angels? I don't. What, what about them? Okay, so follow me here. So we're talking about Jewish angels, and we're referring to this as in the, the silo of Judaism. But there's only a small portion of the universe, the world, is Jewish. What about everybody else? What about them? Sorry, I didn't hear you. What about them? I, no, I, I don't. I don't hear the they, question. But they, they, we, we, we are under the auspices of Hashem, and and these angels. Are these? Uh, what What about everybody else that's not Jewish? Do they? Are they different rules for them? Are they different angels? So. Let me review what we said and tell me if the question is still there. We've learned that the angels, that the angels of the entire universe tell us they don't know or they, that the world, that God is on this world or the low angels, they don't know exactly where Hashem is. So now what's the question? Okay, so what you said in the beginning is that you mentioned the word the universe, which would mean encompassing everything and everyone. Correct. Okay. So am I missing a question? No, I missed that piece. Okay, perfect. Um, all these angels ask, where is the place of his glory? And you know what they answer? The whole earth is full of his glory. That is, his people Israel. The angels know that Hashem is down here in this world. For the Holy One, blessed be He, forsakes the higher and lower creations, creatures, choosing none of them but Israel, His people, whom He brought out of Egypt. And you know what Egypt is? The lowest place on earth, the place of filth and impurity. Not through the agency of an... Now, I'm talking about the Egypt in the year 2448 of the Hebrew, of the Jewish calendar. Not through the agency of an angel, nor of a saraf. Hashem didn't send messengers to Egypt to take us out, but the Holy One, blessed be He Himself, and His glory descended there. As we say in the Haggadah, and I am going to come down to deliver them. Hashem Himself came. And why did Hashem come? Not only to save us, for that itself, Dayenu. No, no, no. Much, much more than that. Hashem took us out to connect with us on the deepest level in order to bring the Jewish people near to him in true closeness and unity with the truly soulful attachment, not only as a friend. If Hashem would have taken us out of Egypt and been our friend, Ayenu, no, 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 
not only as a friend, but actually to connect with us on a deep level. And if it would have been on a deep level, but not only on a deep level, but on the level of kisses of mouth to mouth. So Hashem connected with us and on, in the idea of kissing, meaning how do we kiss Hashem's mouth? Each one of you right now are giving Hashem a kiss. It's incredible. You're all at this moment giving Hashem a kiss. How do we give Hashem a kiss? By means of uttering the word of God, namely the halacha. So we're using our mouth and we're saying the words of God. So our mouth and Hashem's mouth now are united. Now, as we spoke previously, when you give a kiss, there is the external kiss. You could kiss someone and not love them. And that's a, that's a very low level. But we're saying not only that Hashem, are we kissing Hashem, but we're kissing Hashem. There's a love of the spirit to spirit. How do we connect with Hashem? Not only with an external kiss, but also it's an internal kiss. That actually we're connecting spirit to spirit. The fusion of spirit to spirit, meaning namely the comprehension of the Torah and the knowledge of his will and wisdom. All of with it, which is truly one with God. So if we just say the words of God, that's an external kiss. But if we say the words and we're understanding it, it's, it's connecting to our brain, then our, our brain is connecting to Hashem's brain. It's an internal kiss. It's spirit to spirit. And not only do we have an internal kiss, an external kiss, but we even we have an embrace. Why? Because each one of the mitzvot is connected with one of our limbs. So when we use all of our, all, do all the mitzvot, we're using all of our limbs to embrace Hashem, and Hashem is embracing us back, also with the form of embrace, namely the fulfillment of the positive precepts with the 248 organs, or the 248 mitzvot are the 248 organs of the king, as has been explained. So when you do the positive mitzvot, you're actually connecting with Hashem in that organ of Hashem, so to speak. And the, and the mitzvot of Hashem are divided into three categories, right, left, and center, namely chesed, kindness on the right-hand side, din, stern justice on the left-hand side, and racham and mercy in the middle. The two arms are chesed and gevura, kindness and uh, strictness, and the body is in the middle and so forth. So when we do a mitzvah, we're connecting with Hashem on the deepest level, like a husband and wife. On the deepest level possible. So Hashem took us out of Egypt, out of this garbage dump, and is connecting with us on the highest level. And every time we say it, we do a mitzvah, we mention this. You know, I just just thinking about this for a moment is incredible. Let, let's read this. This is the meaning of the text of the benediction of the of the bracha Asher Kiddushan of the mitzvah who has sanctified us by his commandments. Like one who betrothes a wife, that she may be united with him with a perfect bond. As is written, what does it mean to be a husband and wife, and he shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. They become one person. Exactly so, this idea of becoming one. And even greater than the unity of a husband and wife is the union of the divine soul that is occupied in Torah and commandments. And of the vivifying soul in their garments referred to above with the light of the blessed angel. Not only is your godly soul connected with Hashem, even your animalistic soul, even your 
uh, vivifying soul, the soul that gives you life, and the garments of both of those souls, you unite with Hashem on the deepest level possible. Mark, are you are you sh shivering here? Are, is, is, are we are we? Is it coming across? Is the airwaves coming across? You're okay. muted, Mark. No, it's just a lot to absorb. Yeah, I agree. Always is. <laughs> Mike Metal, what were you going to say? But it, it always is. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh. And this so, is what I said earlier. That the idea of King Solomon, this is therefore the Shlomo Melech, peace unto him, and the Shira Shirim, Song of Songs, compare this union with the union of bridegroom and bride in attachment, desire, and pleasure, embrace, embrace and kisses. Why did Shlomo Melech use such an analogy? It's not for the younger crowd. We shouldn't be using such a, such a graphic. There's no way for us to even get an inkling of the union that we have. Every time we do a singular mitzvah, the great, the, the, the only thing that's close to it is the union of, and the love of husband and wife. How lucky we are. How lucky we are. Should we be uh, translating the, the phrase then, who hath is, uh, who hath betrothed us by his commandments rather than sanctified? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. So the answer is, that is one translation. One way, every time you say the blessing, you should think about two translations. One of them is, who has betrothed us? Yeah, who has become married to us. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, as we're talking now, I, I didn't bring it up in advance, but I'm reminded of a Hayom Yom. Um, and let me see if I can bring it up right away because it's very connected. Ah, here it is. Let me share it with you. It's, it's exactly the point we're talking about. And the 23rd day of Shvat, the Ayom Yom, the lesson that the Rebbe chose for that day is a story. What's the story? The story is that once, you can follow me on the screen, as the Alter Rebbe stepped out of his room, he overheard his wife remarking to several women, mine says, mine is up. She was referring to her husband. Uh, they were having a conversation, so she said, my, my husband says, mine So the Alter Rebbe, let's read this inside. The Rebbe said, the Alter Rebbe, when he heard the words of his wife, he said, with one mitzvah, I am yours. Remember, all it takes to be married is one mitzvah. It takes, I don't know, how long is the wedding? The wedding ceremony we celebrate, but it takes five minutes. How long to do the actual ceremony? With one mitzvah, my wife could say, she, I'm hers, but how many are we got? And with these words, he fell onto the doorpost in a devekos, he completely left his body to a certain level for a moment. And he shared, and on awakening, he said, quoting a passage, go out and see 
the step out of self, we should leave ourselves and perceive the divine. But how could you see the divine? That comes from the daughters of Zion, daughters referring to Malchus. Let's leave that point, not for now, the idea of, of how Malchus is the, and how in the future the woman of valor, will, the woman will be on top of her husband. That's a, con that's a, a later conversation as we go further into Tanya. But what I wanted to share from this point was that, let me just bring back to Tanya, was that it only takes one mitzvah to become united as a husband and wife. Think about, with all the mitzvahs we're doing, how connected we're becoming with Hashem. Yes, yeah, so Dr. Malo, to answer your question when you say the blessing, you should think about how lucky we are to be married to Hashem. But don't take away from the normal, what we call the normal meaning of sanctified, because that, has, that just adds to this idea. It adds because when a husband and wife are married, you know, if the husband is a Kohen, so his wife gets all the status of a Kohen. She doesn't become, it's not that she is a Kohen. God forbid they were, they were divorced, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be a Kohen. But it, during that marriage, she, is, she has a status She's elevated to that status of a Kohen. Her, in that unity, they become connected or become elevated and at the same time separated from everyone else. This is also the meaning of Asher Kiddushan Vimitzvaisov, who has sanctified us in the normal meaning of separated us by means of which he has raised us to the heights of the blessed supreme holiness which is the holiness of the Holy One, blessed be He Himself. So not only did Hashem marry us, but you could marry someone, you could stay in your own houses, and maybe once a week you see each other, but there's a holy person and there's an unholy person. That's not the story. Hashem has brought us up to the heights of the blessed supreme holiness. Hashem has put us, He, he has put us in His level. Kedusha holiness is a term indicating aloofness in that the Holy One, blessed be He, is apart from the world, namely His quality of encompassing all worlds, which cannot be closed within them. So Hashem has elevated us to this incredibly high level. So Dr. Mala, both are true. When we say, so we should think about how Hashem has, has bethrothed us and become connected with us. And because of that, we have become elevated and separated to the highest level. In Yiddish, we would say, Farshtandik, Dr. Mala, if understood? Yeah. Good. But any, any questions before we go on? No, okay. And now, Tanya is going to bring two passages, each one showing how the word Kiddushanu can mean to sanctify, to sanctify and elevate or can mean to uh, become one, to unite. For through, the union of the, for through the union of the soul with and its absorption into the light of the blessed ain't soul, it attains the quality and degree of the holiness of the blessed ain't soul, ain't soul himself. So at this moment, we're connecting with Hashem on the deepest level. And not only are we connecting, but that holiness that we're connected with becomes our holiness. Since it unites itself with 
and is integrated into him, may he be blessed. And they become one in reality. It's, it's something that's very hard to truly understand. What do you mean? They were coming, when we do a mitzvah, we're uniting with Hashem, we're, we're coming on Hashem's level of holiness. This is the meaning of the verse, and you shall be holy unto me, for I am the Lord, for I, the Lord, am holy, and I have separated you from other people that you should be mine. So in this verse, we see that the idea of, of kiddushin, sanctification, means to be separated. Hashem has separated us. And a second verse, and you shall do all my commandments, and be holy unto your God, I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Meaning, this is the idea of marriage. The meaning is that through fulfillment of the commandments, I become your God. I become yours. In the same sense as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and so on, called us, because the patriarchs were, as it were, a vehicle unto him may be blessed, and they were nullified and absorbed into his life. Truly becoming one with Hashem on the highest level. Truly becoming one with Hashem on the highest level. Tanya is going to conclude this chapter with an incredible insight right now. Incredible. When you see someone doing a mitzvah, halacha says you should rise. It could be illiterate. But if you see someone doing a mitzvah, you should rise. Why? Because the moment they're doing a mitzvah, they are Hashem, they have the energy, the highest energy of Hashem himself in them. You need to rise to that energy. When you see that energy, you need to rise. And Tanya is going to conclude with a, an even deeper point. A bit of a controversial point. Torah is very strict. Someone works on Shabbos, or you eat matzah on Pesach, the prohibition is extreme. In some cases, you'll be cut off from God. In some cases, God forbid it. It's death. What's the big deal? So I eat a little piece of bread. What's the big deal? Okay. So I carried something outside on Shabbos. What's the big deal? But Tanya's going to tell us, you got it completely wrong. It's the opposite. If you have a piece, if Hashem has married you, if Hashem has married you and you carry within you, it may be concealed, but you carry within you a piece of Hashem. So even if you don't feel it, but it's there. And if you're going to cut it off, that's very, very serious. So let's not look at the negative of why the big punishment. Let's look at the positive. The positive is that we're so connected with Hashem, the angels in heaven wish they could have a taste of this. No, no, they're not getting a taste. We're so connected with Hashem that yes, separating yourself from a moment is very serious. 
Let's see that inside. So it is with the soul of every Jew at the time he occupies himself with Torah and commandments, that at that moment he's connected with Hashem at the highest level. And therefore the rabbis of blessed memory made it obligatory for us to rise and remain standing in the presence of everyone who is engaged in a commandment, even if the person fulfilling the commandment is uncultured and illiterate. Why? He's a fool. This person doesn't know Torah. He doesn't act appropriately very often. I should stand up for this illiterate person? No way! No, yes, you need to stand up because the Lord dwells and clothes himself in this mantle at such a time, though his soul is unconscious of it. Okay, because of the barrier of the bodily grossness, which has not been purified and which stims the eyes of the soul, preventing it from seeing divine vision. Yes, unfortunately, he's coarse. And he's not able to have the divine vision as experienced by the patriarchs and other of their stature who saw their world during their lifetime. But Hashem is still there, connected with him on the deepest level, and you need to rise in honor of Hashem. And this idea that Hashem could connect with us, even though we don't feel it, David HaMelech tells us in Tehillim in the name of Asaf. This is also the meaning of what Asaf said under divine inspiration on behalf of the whole community of Israel in exile. What does he say? So foolish was I in ignorance. I was like a beast. I was like an animal before you, Hashem. Yet I'm continuously with you. This verse is cryptic. I was foolish and ignorant. I was an animal before you, yet I'm continually with you. No, it's not cryptic at all. It's very clear. I was a fool before you. I feel like an animal. I'm not, I don't understand. I, I'm, not, I'm not able to feel that I'm with you, Hashem. But I'm still with you. I'm maybe that like, like, like that illiterate person, that coarse person. And I can't feel my connection with you. I feel like I'm an animal. I'm a different, it's a different entity. But I'm still with you. This means that even though I, I am as a beast when I'm with you, I'm unaware of it. I'm insensitive to it. To this union in my soul, which should bring down on it fear and awe first, followed by a great love of delight through a burning love like fiery coal, similar to the quality of the tzaddikim. When I connect with you, I should be having this love and fear on the highest level. Like tzaddikim, who have refined the corporal, the, their physical. For as is known, das connotes a sensitivity of the soul, comprising chesed and givur together. The idea of das is that there's a sensitivity. So Asaf said, I was foolish and I didn't know, I didn't have das, meaning I wasn't able to feel Hashem I felt like I was an animal. Nonetheless, tells us Asaf, and David HaMelech wrote this in Tehillim, I may feel like an animal. At this moment right now, I may be giving a class, and I may still feel like an animal. I may not feel connected with Hashem. It doesn't matter. Yet, I am constantly with you, for the corporality of the body does not prevent the union of the soul with the light of the blessed Ain soul, who fills all worlds. And as it's written, I, the darkness does not conceal Hashem from us. Incredible. So no matter what happens, I don't care what you think. Hashem is with you. It's not, it's the reality. 
And with this, Tani is going to conclude, and thereby will be understood the severity of the punishment for transgressing the prohibition of work on Shabbos or that of unleavened bread on Pesach, which the prohibition applies equally to all. A learned person or not learned, why? He's an illiterate person. Hashem doesn't care about him. No, God forbid. Meshuggah. Of course Hashem cares about him. He may be like an animal. He may not feel it. But even in the soul of an uncultured and completely illiterate person shines the light of the sanctity of Shabbos or festival. And hence he faces capital punishment by cards or stoning for the profanation of this thing. On Shabbos and on Yontif, there shines within us a special energy. And the fact that you may not feel it, you may feel like an animal at the moment, is not in the equation. It's within you. And similarly, transgression, the transgression involving the slightest amount of leaven or the handling of mukta tarnishes the sanctity which rests on the soul. Just as it would the sanctity of the soul of a tzaddik, we have all one color. Hashem is within us. He's shining within us. We need to stand up for the illiterate. And the illiterate also has a certain responsibility because Hashem is shining within him. And the chapter, the chapter just concludes why in As when Asaf said, I feel like an animal, he didn't say I feel like an animal. He said, he said I feel like an animal. Why? And so the time he's going to tell us something a little Kabbalistic. If you don't get it, Bear with me. But there is a there is a supernal animal and a lower animal. Asaf was saying that that there is an, a lower animal, meaning I'm unfeeling, and then there's a higher animal. A higher animal, which is actually a complement. And as for the use of the plural form behemoth. This is an intimation that before him, before Hashem, he be blessed, even the so-called Das Elion, even a high level of supernal knowledge, which compromises chesed and gavur like beasts, a physical creation, when compared with the light of the Ein Sof, as it's written, Kula Mechachmasis, he made them all out of wisdom. And this is called the Hema Rabba, great beast, as explained elsewhere. And this is the name of Ban, with the numerical value of the Hema, which is preceding Atzis. Okay, bear with me. Let's, let's summarize and we'll take questions. In summary, what did we learn today? We learned, let's go back to this analogy again. We learned that Hashem created everything. It's infinite. There's so many angels. It's, it's just, we can't even begin to understand how many options Hashem, Hashem had, who to marry. And Hashem took, married the lowest of low. He married, went to Egypt, the lowest with the greatest impurity, and he took us out. Not only did he take us out, but he gave us the Torah and connected with us in the deepest level possible. Through saying, when we say words of Torah, that's when you have a picture of just a child. He's saying the words, that's like a kid. We're using our mouth to connect with Hashem's mouth. When you have this rabbi here, he's studying with his mind. That is a deeper kiss. That's the soul-to-soul -soul connection. My mind is connecting with Hashem's mind. And when we do the 248 mitzvahs, we're embracing Hashem. That's a hope. And that is what we say in a prayer. Hashem has sanctified us. Sanctified us. He's actually becoming, we, we were married to Hashem. And in that marriage, Hashem has elevated us to the highest level. 
And because Hashem has connected with us on the highest level, even if you don't feel it, I need to stand up for you. And you need to stand up for someone who's learning and doing a mitzvah. It's real, even if you don't feel it. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining.